0: Bonjour, and McKenzie and Totem, Vancouver and Donji. Uh, this is episode eight of Mushroom Heaven, and it's gonna be called Sorrow of a Nation. All right, yeah. So, as mentioned in previous podcasts, um, I am an Ishnabe, right? That is the tribe, uh, nation that I am a part of. And, you know, the reason that's important for me is because it's a source of my identity, right? It's one of the core aspects of who I am, right? And a lot of this was developed uh, in my 20s, mid to late 20s, right? And, um, yeah, you know, so one of the things I wanted to talk about in this episode was... To give a little context of what the social uh, and political environment is like within an Indigenous community, uh, one that is part of a network of communities under Treaty Three, right, and that would be a colonial aspect of it but we are part of a greater nation right like the Anishinaabe nation and I think we're reaching a point now where we really need to unite right we really need to unite our resources our intellect our fortitude to move the nation forward and start picking ourselves back up right because A lot of our people out there are lost right in one way or another you know a large um amount of people you know get caught up in the system you know uh whether it's uh, the foster care system or the legal system right and that becomes their um life cycle so to speak right and these types of institutions, these organizations, um, you know, have very detrimental impacts on individuals, right? Like on the individual basis, what it does to a person is oftentimes uh, it will break them, you know, psychologically. Um even if it's 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 just a little bit right you know growing up in foster care multiple foster homes um you're forced to be very adaptable right to new environments you need to be able to adapt to new environments and oftentimes uh, at least back then this was back in the 90s right this was before facebook this was before cell phones and stuff like that um (sighs) Yeah, you know, I, I, I um, lost friends because of foster homes, you know, I, I lost touch and, you know, uh, because I got moved around and no way of contacting them, you know, and things like that, um, you know, and, and it's really confusing, right, because when you're a child and you're removed from your home, You know, the place that that you call home um, and you're put into a new environment, you know, and back then, um, you know, sometimes things happen in these homes, right? That aren't really talked about, you know, how they treated us, how they treated me, you know, because of my ancestry, right? And, you know... So, there were long-term consequences for me because of my foster care experience, right? Like, I went to, I don't know, I must have been in like, oh man, like in my entire life from 0 to 18, I don't know, like, I don't know, like 50, I want to say, 50 different, you know, uh, foster homes, uh, extended family, um, you know, things like that. I went to Y.O. for six months. Um, You know, I got sent to various treatment centers. Uh, The system just didn't know what to do with me, right? Um, You know, and so a major part of my life changed uh, when I was 11, right? So up until that point, I'd mostly lived in Vancouver. Um, I did live on the res for, I think it was a year uh, in between ages four and five, if I remember correctly and uh yeah but anyways when i was 11 i went back to the res right and so it's a very different environment from the city and um you could see the overall effects of colonization right of colonialism you know of decades uh centuries of subjugation right, oppressed and oppressed people, right, and we have our coping mechanisms and stuff like that, right, and, you know, it it was difficult because it really is a very different environment, you know, and unfortunately, you know, I was introduced to drugs and alcohol at a very young age because it was so openly, um, a part of the community, you know, it was kind of hard not to get involved in it, right? Almost everybody was either drinking or doing a drug of some kind um, or had an addiction of some kind or was messed up in some way, you know, for one reason or another. You know, there's a history there. there there's, there's there's, a history in my community, within the community, You know, various rivalries, um, you know, events that happened, uh, you know, that have defined our community, right? Wabagoon Lake Ojibwe Nation, right? Like, that's the reserve I'm registered to. That's where I'm from, right? That's where I lived. I spent a big chunk of my life there. And so, yeah, as I was going through my teens, um, you know, I, I started drinking, Um, I got arrested when I was 12 um, and then they end up sending me to treatment for that. I was gone for about three months. I went to live in Fort Francis for a while with uh, some extended family. Um, They were really nice, you know. Um, And then I ended up going back to treatment like six months later or something. I don't know. So they sent me back to the same place, um, you know, and then eventually I went to like this second stage uh, recovery place for youth. Uh, which was actually um, uh, an important um, uh, time in my life while I was there because the individual who ran it um, was a very uh, deeply uh, spiritual person, right? You know, and he really, really loved our culture. He was an emptogogie, right? He was non-native, but he really, really liked our culture. Like his walls had drums, uh, flags, uh, you know, he had... Pipes, uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, because he went to the ceremonies uh, in the surrounding area, right. And so one year we went down to uh, uh, Minnesota. uh, What is the name of that place? Pipestone, right? Pipestone, Minnesota. That's where we went. And we went down there. To um, get some pipestone, right? That's that's the stone, the rock that they use uh, for making sacred pipes, right? And it's red. Uh, we had to dig in the earth for like I don't know ten hours, you know. And there was like a team of like I don't know maybe fifteen of us, maybe more, digging, you know, all day in the hot sun, right? And we eventually got there, right? And then they took a big chunk out. And then, um, and then that was that, right? Uh, there was a huge thunderstorm down there that night. There was tornadoes in the surrounding towns, and the little tent that me and my uh, um, uh, I don't know what I would call him uh, roommate or whatever uh, had it it blew away. Uh, we ended up having to go in the trailer. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy, uh, you know, and, and, and the lightning and the wind and all that stuff, right? Um, yeah, I was 15, you know, and that, that was major exposure to my culture, right? That's why this is important. That's why I'm sharing this story is because it was a um, a first glimpse at uh, my culture, right? And what it was about and working with uh, different medicines and things like that, right? And yeah. Um, yeah, so from there, you know, I eventually had to leave that place because I ended up smoking weed, and uh, they caught me. Uh, so they sent me back to the res, right? They sent me back to Wabagoon. I went to go stay with uh, Buddy's auntie. And, uh, yeah, you know, so my, my teenage years were 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 full of, uh, you know, a lot of drugs and alcohol, right? I was, I was a confused youth, and I used it. It was a coping mechanism, right? It helped fix the pain of growing up in uh, the way I did. Uh, So there was that. Um, You know, eventually, uh, I think when I turned 21, 20 or 21, I decided to come back to uh, to Vancouver, right? And kind of went back and forth a few times, right? And I think the point I'm trying to get at is you know, I don't know, like for me, my experiences on the res really shaped who I am, right? And for a long time, it was in a negative way, but now it's in a positive way, right? Like I've turned all that into a positive, right? Like who I am today, you know, all the um, pain and suffering that I went through uh, in 2017, you know, while I was down there, um, has brought me to a place of spiritual enlightenment that wouldn't been have, would not have been achieved without that experience, right? And don't get me wrong, you know, at the time it was a very painful experience, you know, I'd lost everything, my whole world got turned upside down and inside out, and um, yeah, it's a miracle that I'm here today, right? Uh, sharing this story. And so, in regards to the title of the podcast, you know, the the sorrow of a nation. Um, I think the reason I brought that up is, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge where we're at today. Um, you know, there there's uh, so many aspects to being Indigenous in Canada. You know, to being Anishinaabe, right? And um, I just wanted to take a moment to explain to people that there is a history here, right? But there's, we're at a time now where we're picking ourselves up. And I'm starting to see it more and more. You know, people are picking themselves up. You know, picking up the medicines, picking up the the sacred items, you know, going to the ceremonies. You know, in Ontario, they're really making a big push uh, for the language, right? They got these language camps, right? Um, Yeah, so I think in a way, there's been like a reawakening in terms of the culture, right? And so the culture is coming back, and I want to be a part of that and i want to share that with other people um especially other anishinaabe people um yeah you know so so with all that being said though you know we are survivors and uh we are a strong nation and i believe if my memory serves me correctly we're the second biggest nation uh in north america right um (sighs) Yeah, so other than that, um, I don't really think I have too much else to say. Uh, Just give me one moment. Yeah, I just remembered something. Uh, I think I want to sing a verse of a song that I haven't heard in a very, very long time. It's uh, pretty straightforward. The words essentially translate to um, welcome, grandfather, welcome, grandmother, welcome, great spirit, right? Bend again, show miss. Oh, miss. Bind again, no come Bind again, get your money too. Hey, yeah, hey, bind again, miss show miss. Bind again, no come Bind again, get your money too. Hey yeah hey yo, yeah I think um, I think I want to start learning my language again. You know, a little bit at a time. I remember, I used to be able to like say prayers in the language. Um, when I was at McGizzy, uh, I actually sat down with a few of the guys there that could speak fluently and like took notes and stuff and. I had this little binder going for a while, but, man, that was years ago, and I have no idea where it went, but, yeah, you know, I definitely could see myself doing that again. Um, You know, I think in terms of uh, praying in the language, I think that's uh, very powerful, and it allows one to speak directly to their ancestors, right, because they're speaking the language of their ancestors, and... You know, I would also add that, you know, there's a universal language component to it, right? And uh, essentially, that's what we're communicating when we contact uh, these various spirits, right? You know, like in the sweat lodge or at the Sundance or different ceremonies, right? Like we're speaking a a universal uh, language, right? And one of the best ways for us to do that is to speak in the native tongue, right, in Anishinaabemowin. And so, yeah, I think moving forward, I will also add that to my various uh, goals that I have on the go right now. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I think that also applies to uh, the nation as a whole right like that's one of the ways that we're going to decolonize that's one of the ways that we're going to restore our identity as indigenous people right is to have you know individuals taking the time to learn the language right and then reaching out and speaking it with others because in order to retain a language one has to speak it with others and be um involved with uh, a community in one way or another you know whether they're living out on a res or you know with technology these days it's certainly possible to you know do like online forums and stuff like that that are done in the language i'm sure somebody out there has thought of that and uh, is probably doing that as we speak right i remember when i was in kenora um there was this uh, group that met online and, <clears throat> yeah, I guess they had, like, a cyber uh, sharing circle, you could say, right? And, and it felt really nice. Um, you know, I remember being a part of that, and I was like, man, this is actually kind of nice, you know? And so I think the uh, spirit has a way of, of connecting people like that, right? You know, and, and sharing uh, moments like that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, aside from that, um, I am going to be going to a sweat again. I'm just, I'm not sure when, but definitely within the next month. Uh, I think I might just go to the one I went to before and, and hope for the best. Um, oh, what else is there? You know, I don't know. You know that this podcast is, is, is slowly growing, right? You know, and, and, it's, um, taking on a life of its own, Right. And you know, I'm really just trying to trying to get this this message out there. You know that that um, the the medicine, you know, and 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 just the the uh, this way of life, this way of thinking, you know, is something that um, you know people can can really appreciate. You know, if they so choose, right. Um, you know, my life has changed in so many ways in the last, you know, seven weeks, right? Like, it's it's gone from, you know, uh, a sad, lonely, depressed, isolated, antisocial individual to somebody who now has a purpose in life, right? And uh, to feel alive again, right? To, to want to be alive, right? Um you know, is is very profound. And, you know, I just want to share that with the nation and be like, hey, this is what my experience has been. Maybe others can try it as well. And, uh, you know, go from there. Right. But at the same time, I also acknowledge that the medicines I use, you know, were shown to me, you know, by the spirits. Right. So so just because they're for me doesn't necessarily mean they're for everybody else. But uh, with that being said, you know, I certainly acknowledge um, the uh, therapeutic value of, of this medicine and all the other aspects and everything I've already talked about in previous podcasts. Right. And so that's kind of the message I'm trying to get out there. Um, yeah. So. <clears throat> I'll wrap this up. Uh, yeah, so I think um, I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to be doing the podcast at the library because my understanding is that they have a bunch of equipment there, uh, you know, and I can start doing things that will enhance uh, the podcast. I also want to introduce um, some of my uh, close friends and family and, and, and other people, you know, and, and have other people on the podcast, right? And start having dialogues, you know, in addition to these monologues that I've been making, right? But yeah, no, I certainly intend on having um, dialogue on here, right? You know, and I'm open to suggestion, Uh, you know, even um, anybody listening to this, you know, like if you feel you have something you need to say that would contribute uh, to this podcast and, and would make for a great discussion, I'm certainly open to to feedback and ideas, right? And uh, you can leave a comment in the comment section. um, Or if you have me on Facebook, you know, you can just shoot me a message and uh, we can go from there. Uh, So once again, I want to thank everybody for listening to Mushroom Heaven.